This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Afternoons on Dubai Eye 103.8. I'm Helen Farmer. This is the Afternoons with Helen Farmer podcast. We were talking egg freezing in the UAE. What do you need to know in light of statements out of the UK talking about the importance of age of the woman? What exactly does Dr. Dornan have to say? Plus, we were in conversation with Sue, a woman who was just beginning this process. Is there an etiquette when it comes to your holidays? Taylor Elizabeth was on hand to talk gifting, re-gifting and getting yourself out of some tricky conversations. Kids App had some great ways to keep the children busy over the holidays. And my own little Christmas helpers, Phoebe and Tabitha, popped in for a little chat about Christmas at Expo City. Talking health on the show this afternoon, according to recent reports, this is out of the UK, a, um, there's been a sharp rise in women freezing their eggs for fertility prevention. Um, at UK clinics, inquiries have increased by about 50%. And yes, we've had Jennifer Anderson speaking out recently about her experience with IVF, wishing she had frozen her eggs. So that stat might further advance. So is it an option for women and couples here in the UAE? From the costs to the best candidates, we're here for you this hour. I'm going to be speaking to one woman later on who is about to embark this process. But right now, to answer my questions, and most importantly yours on the text line, we've got Dr. Samina Dornan, consultant in maternal and fetal medicine at Alzara Hospital. Doctor, thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. How are you? I'm very well. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for speaking to us on this. I think it's a, a topic that's still shrouded in a bit of mystery here in the region. So it's great to find out a little bit about the practicalities of the processes. And as I said already, lots of questions coming in through social media and the text line. And if you do want to ask Dr. Dunn anything, you can do that anonymously if you prefer. So let's start with the obvious. Is egg freezing legal and available here in the UAE? It is legal and uh, it is available. The only problem is uh, that uh, once you freeze them here, you can't take them out of the country. So, you know, that is why you need to be aware of uh, this uh, fact if you are choosing any um, clinics over here for this procedure. I think that's a very valid point. We think about how transient expat life is and, you know, we might move here and think it's going to be two years and it'd be 10 and we might move here thinking it's going to be 10 years and it's two. Um, So the ability to forward plan, especially when it comes to fertility and family planning, incredibly important. So thank you for flagging that up front. Um, Doctor, I wanted to ask what you made of that recent headline. Professor Imogen Gould in the UK saying women in their late 30s or beyond should not be encouraged to pay to freeze their eggs as the actual chances of using them to have a baby are as low was 3% for eggs frozen when the woman was 36 to 39. We've had a message here from Mrs. H saying how important is um, kind of age and egg quality for freezing. So I would love it if you could unpack that for us because we, we kind of think that IVF and indeed egg freezing are a, a bit of a magic bullet, a, a, something of a guarantee for having a baby, but so much does depend on the age of the mother in particular. Yes, I know. Gosh, there are two. Uh, there are loads of questions, and let me just try to address each one of them as soon as possible before uh, some of your uh, listeners go uh, sleepy on me. <laughs> so, Professor Imogen Gold Gold is uh, correct. I mean, there isn't something that he has said which is new or which is shocking. We know that fertility. Uh, falls with age. That is something which is uh, known for for centuries, if not for, you know, longer than that. And uh, you believe it or not that in medical books, 
you know, it is written that if you haven't had your baby by the time your first baby, by the time you are 28, you are called elderly primary oh, gravida. The worst, okay? the so, geriatric mother. Nothing exactly. Great. So, you know, uh, that is a fact which has always been there. And I don't think women in general and our listener in particular uh, are not uh, intelligent enough to understand that. But the other side of uh, uh, the bargain is, and I wish uh, people could ask uh, Professor Gould, what is an alternative? Mm -hmm. Majority of the time when women are freezing eggs, uh, they are usually Caucasian. They are usually between the age of 36 to 40. They are highly educated. They are professionally employed and they are without a partner. So what is their option, you know, uh, and the answer to that is egg freezing. So even if uh, even if it is 3% at a certain age, naturally that percentage is much higher when you are younger than 35 years of age and that percentage becomes lower as you grow older and thir than 35. And usually we advise anywhere between the age of uh, you know, 35 to 40, 41. So, um, you know, there is, even if it is 3%, uh, let's take his words, well, it is it is a choice, isn't mm -hmm. it? At least there is an option for uh, such women. I think, so I think I, for many, it's about having, having some sense of power over that situation of going, this is something I can be proactive about. Um, I think one, one of the things that's come to light, certainly in the UK, is that there's irresponsible clinics kind of preying on a woman's hope of becoming a mother and making all sorts of false promises. Um, but as you're saying there, a lot of these women are going into this with their eyes very much open in terms of the egg quality. Now, I wanted to come back to Mrs. H's question asking about egg quality. Um, is that something that you determine at which stage in the process, Dr. Dornan? It is. I, I... It is age-related, very specifically age-related. As far as women knows that when they are 40 and above, 85% of their eggs will be abnormal whenever they are collected at that time. You know, So as far as they are aware of that. Coming back to the irresponsible clinics, I think, yes, there will always be irresponsible clinics everywhere in the world, including here and UK and anywhere. But patient or women or, or, you know, people in general who use any kind of a medical facilities, they should, they should empower themselves by knowledge. Mm -hmm. We live in an amazing time in the world where the knowledge is at the tip of your fingers. Nothing stops you from researching properly all the information. Though this technology is about 20 years old, um, so, but even science is in the process of learning. Of so it is very, very difficult to, um, you know, to ex put exact figures on it. Um, um, I wonder so, if we could go yeah. to the text line, Dr. Dornan. No, no name on this message. And you can, of course, get in touch anonymously talking there about doing your research. And you can absolutely um, do that with us this afternoon. Um, anonymous asking, do you need to take time off work after egg collection? Are there any side effects, short or long term? She's saying, I'm 33, otherwise healthy, but in a new relationship. So thinking through options. So age 33. So um, immediately after time off work and any kind of longer term side effects as well, Dr. Dornan. 
Not really. You don't really need as such any time off. Um, they give you uh, stimulating drugs to stimulate your ovaries so they can collect. In a younger age, the cycles to co collect enough number of eggs are much less, maybe even one cycle, and uh, a maximum they use four cycles. So you get these injections to stimulate your ovaries to produce eggs. And the procedure itself, they give you a bit of a sedative and they collect your eggs through just like doing a smear test, mm. uh, cervical smear. So they give you some sedative so you don't feel the pain of the needle. And uh, you can, you know, you can rest for a day or two and then you can go back to work. So uh, if you are off on the weekend, you know, go for your collection on Friday or Thursday and then go back to work on Monday, you are uh, perfectly okay. And that is just psychological support. Otherwise, mm -hmm. 24, 48 hours are more than enough. Healthy Habits. On Afternoons with Helen Farmer. We've just been in conversation now with uh, Dr. Dornan, a fetal medical um, consultant, and we're talking about egg freezing and speaking now to Sue Sajani, who is actually looking into this. Sue, thank you for being with us. I think there's lots of questions coming in for the text line that I'm putting to Dr. Dornan after half past, but I really wanted to get your perspective on this of someone who is kind of looking into it right now. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I am well, thank you. And thank you for your honesty on this. I feel like a lot of people talk about this, you know, well, with close close friends or a partner, but it seems to be somewhat shrouded in a bit of mystery and, dare I say, even a bit of stigma. So I think it's so important to hear from people who are really exploring this and perhaps asking the questions that might be on our minds as well. But I need to ask you an awkward question first, Sue, if you don't mind. Um, can I ask how old you are? I'm recently 40 years old. So, th which, which is what I, I, there is an obvious, apart from being nosy, but there is a reason for asking this because this, this, <laughs> there, there was this statement out of the UK from Professor Imogen Gould who said that women in their late 30s or beyond shouldn't be encouraged to pay to freeze their eggs because the chance of them using them are so, so low. And I wondered what your response to that headline and statement were given that there's something that you're exploring. Well, we don't know what the future holds. None of us have a crystal ball. Um, I know people who are in their early 40s who've had children. So Same. it's not for anyone to say that we shouldn't. Um, we shouldn't consider it and we shouldn't try. Like the, we go through life saying, try this, try that. But why are we putting a limit to what the future may hold when we have children? Mm -hmm. I, I completely agree. My point earlier to Dr. Dawn was, is this something that you do have some control over now? And you know, like the old kind of saying goes, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, the second best time is today. And, you know, when you come to reach that decision, you know, why not take action now? Or can I ask what stage of the process you're in right now, Sue? So, yeah, so I've met with a doctor. Um, I met, I went in and had an appointment and we've done my blood test and I've had a scan. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't the greatest of news for me, essentially. Um, it's not all bad news. But the follicle, uh, the follicles, I think it is. I'm, I'm still learning, so apologies. It's a whole new language. <laughs> yeah. it, it is. It really, really is. I need a textbook. Um, but the follicles on my ovaries that she could see were quite low. We were hoping for a higher number. Um, but I'm currently, the doctor's prescribed me just to take some vitamins um, and some other supplements right now. And then we're going to do another test in January, mm -hmm. just to see if the numbers are higher. It doesn't mean that I can't go through the process. We're just trying to help increase the possibility of getting some healthy eggs. 
We're gonna, we've actually had a message asking about the impact of stress on, um, on fertility, which I'm going to put to Dr. Dawn in after half past. And what kind of support is available to you? Because this, this is still pretty new here in the UAE. There's sounds like you've met with a doctor that you like and trust. What about emotional support or even community, I guess? Yeah, I'm very lucky that I've got friends um, around me and I've been, I'm quite open in discussion because for me, turning 40, I wish that someone had spoken to me about this when I was in my mid-30s or early 30s because mm. the narrative is, oh, well, you know, our body clock's click, ticking, but no one ever tells you what's available to you and how long you've got, essentially. Yeah, what that means. Um, and a lot of my friends are, and what that means, exactly, because had I known that this is something that I could have explored when I was 30, 35, I probably would have. Mm-hmm. Um, but that information is not out there because people aren't discussing it. And mm-hmm. I've been making a point of discussing it, especially because I have friends who are in their mid-30s and early 30s. And I'm like, guys, this is a whole thing that we need to be t- talking about. And they've been really good with support. So I'm lucky in that sense. So please keep us posted. As I said, it's so important, I think, to be really upfront about something that is available to women here in the UAE and um, everything everything crossed um, for you. And please, please, please keep us posted. I think it's so, so valuable to hear someone who's going through it as their perspective as well as a medical professional. So an absolute pleasure to catch up with you and happy holidays to you. See, you, you. see you on the other side. And talking there about the importance of talking about it. This is Cassie Decino, a certified fertility doula, founder of IVF Support UAE. Now, she works really closely with the region's IVF clinics and women and families who are on their journey to parenthood. And this was her message. As a fertility doula, I am always talking to people about the benefits of freezing their eggs. And I can't tell you how many people have told me that they wished somebody had said something to them when they were younger. And I'm really hoping that there's going to be a Jennifer Aniston effect when somebody so high profile now has said that she wished she'd gotten that message when she was younger. I'm really hoping that that is going to start to carry over and really move the needle in terms of women being aware that this is something proactive that they can do when they're in their 30s, if they aren't ready to have children or they haven't met their partners, I am constantly telling women that I meet that this is the time to do it. We know that 30-year-old eggs are better than 35-year-old eggs and 35-year-old eggs are better than 38-year-old eggs. So if you aren't ready to have a child and you have it within your means, please take the opportunity, freeze those eggs. Cassie Decino, Certified Fertility Doula. And if you are going through IVF or looking at this egg freezing process, I do really recommend that you get in touch with them. It is IVF Support UAE. It's a closed group on Facebook. Brilliant resource for a bit of practical advice, but also some emotional hand-holding from the team, but also from the community as well. It is Afternoons with me, Helen Farmer. We are going to be catching up again with Dr. Dawn and fetal medicine expert. This content is for informational purposes only and does not intend to substitute professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Healthy on Afternoons with Helen Farmer. We are talking health on the show today. Apparently the pandemic prompted a sharp rise in women freezing their eggs. So what do you need to know in terms of cost and candidates, the process as well? We've got a number of messages we're going to be getting through. And who better to ask than consultant in maternal and fetal medicine, Alzara Hospital, Dr. Samina Dornan. Um, Dr. Samina, I think, I think understanding the process would be really helpful. We heard from Sue there who says she's been in for a consultation 
she's had a blood test. They've checked her eggs to see in terms of viability and quality. What happens next if someone is going to freeze their eggs here in the UAE? Well, you see, uh, there is there is a long process, okay? And, and uh, you know, they give you injections, they stimulate your ovaries. The blood test is to check what is your reserve, you know, and that not necessarily is 100% accurate, you know, the blood test and the reserve. But if the reserves on the blood test shows that you have a lower ovarian reserves and that that is usually not a great news but it doesn't mean that this is the end of it and so uh, stimulating you know hormones they down regulate your ovaries first to quieten them and then they stimulate and so multiple eggs produces at the same time and then they choose the right time to collect them the right size and and uh, so the, the process is quite laborious and some of your uh, viewers, you know, sending you messages and being negative that, you know, it is uh, not a regulated, uh, um, you know, facilities. And uh, this is all correct, that it is not all properly regulated. But I do feel that it should remain in a private hands. Government will never support these. Just like a professor, uh, you know, a statement that it is not useful and, you know, Social medicine can't afford this, these kind of treatments, mm-hmm. and that is why it should remain in private hands and people should pay for this kind of a treatment. It is all very good that you played a message to say, you know, more and more women in their younger age, um, under the age of 30, should look into preserving their eggs. But it is also important that younger age uh, girls, women, they, they are financially not where where they Very can uh, afford that. So that is why, you know, uh, once a woman reaches a certain age and uh, at the level of professional where she can afford the, these kind of a treatments. And that's why it happens sometime or most of the time that women are over the age of 35 rather than under the it age of It is that 30. kind of cruel irony that when you can afford it is, it is when... when... Um, yes, was perhaps when the, past the point of when you need it. Can we talk costs? You know, we've spoken, of course, in the past about cost of IVF. Um, yes. Where does egg freezing come? Uh, what kind of what what kind of numbers are we talking, Doctor Dornan? I don't think I would have uh, any clue about <laughs> that because different different clinics will have, and it depends your age and how much investigations you need, what process you yeah, need, how many cycles you need. Yeah, you know, so I'll be very honest. Uh, uh, I don't have a clue how much it costs, but it's not going to cost uh, pittance. You know, it will cost in uh, in tens of thousands of dirham. So um, probably, you know, the oldest uh, um, uh, clinic I know, the oldest IBF, consultant he's like a forefather of IVF and to be honest I even ask him sometime you know if I have a very complicated patient and I send it to him you know Dr. Pankaj decent uh, man and uh, those those of the listener who are being bittered by their commercial experiences you know there are some decent of people course. in this part of the world Absolutely are. so please do look Look, and look at the reviews. And that's and all, you exactly. And that's, that's all part yeah. of the process, doing your research on exactly. all aspects of it. Let's get the yes. text line. Hanana saying, is egg freezing recommended for endometriosis sufferers? Our daughter is only 23 and is suffering terribly. So very preventative there. Um, what about endometriosis sufferers? Could they be good candidates? 
they can be very good candidates, you know. So remember egg freezing, either there is a medical indication or there is a social indication. We don't like to call it social indication. It sounds like some kind of a just, a, you know, um, uh, that women are just choosing to do that. Mm -hmm. So we call it age banking as well, you know, in some cases. So, um, yes, endometriosis in medical indications would be severe endometriosis or ovarian cancers or you need chemotherapy for for something. So there are even in men as well, sperm freezing can be associated with the uh, some indications. So I would, yes, recommend a very severe endometriosis is a terrible condition mm -hmm. and it can affect your fertility, it can affect your tubes and it can affect your ovaries. So there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that this should be looked into. Look, go and see the endometriosis uh, uh, specialist. You know, they are, there are few very good over here uh, people and uh, definitely you should... Uh, one last question. Um, mm. No name on this one saying, how long can you store eggs for? Great question. You talked earlier about you're not able to transport eggs out of the country yes. if they are retrieved here. But how long can they stay in storage, Dr. Dornan? You see, this technology is only approximately 20 years old, you know. So uh, for 20 years, you can. For 30 years, you can. We don't know. A lot of... Randomized control trials are going on to see is there any difference of the babies born because of the freezing mm -hmm. frozen embryos or frozen eggs? Is there any difference? Uh, is Does it affect this kind of a treatment women in the long run? So far, we haven't found any major side effects or any difference between the children born by the frozen eggs or the side effects on the on the mothers who went through these processes. Thanks, Dr. So Dunn. at the moment, uh, the news is all good news. Um, one, um, one last question, which I think kind of summarizes what we've been talking about for the last hour. No name saying, would you recommend egg freezing for someone who hasn't found a partner yet and are not sure if they will find one anytime soon? Well, <laughs> I, I will say, and I'm not sure if I can say that on air in Dubai, but you know, you <laughs> we'll are find in out. Dubai, why don't you just get pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a question for our legal clinic. That's a Monday afternoon. Dr. Dornan, thank you so, so much. Really do you appreciate your time, welcome. especially I know how hectic you are um, in thank the run-up. Lots of Christmas babies coming soon, Alza. A lot of Christmas babies. Well, and who needs a 20-inch screen TV under their Christmas tree? Oh, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't <laughs> and mind. can I tell you my three sunny words? Yes, three I want to know your three words. Sunny Dubai again. Yes, the weather <laughs> is gorgeous. Dr. Dornan, thank you indeed. so much for being with us. Take care. An absolute pleasure. And you can find Dr. Dornan there, fetal, um, fetal consultant at Alzara Hospital. If you want her details, drop me a little message 4001. This content is for informational purposes only. If you would like to seek medical treatment, please contact a certified healthcare provider for personalised advice and diagnosis. Bringing in the experts this hour as we ask, is there an etiquette to the festive season? Speaking to the Elegance Advisor herself, Taylor Elizabeth. She is the founder and director of the Elegance Advisory Consultancy. She is an international award-winning personal brand expert and a certified etiquette and emotional intelligence coach, also a UN women's mentor. So if you've got any questions or you want to share your thoughts on re-gifting, gifting, how to be the perfect host, happy holidays to you, Taylor. How are you? 
Oh, hi, Helen. How are you? I'm happy holidays. I'm excellent. Thank you. Good, good. I feel like a lot of people are in a bit of a social whirlwind right now. And for some, that is incredibly exciting. And for others, it, it's enough to make you want to hide under a cushion and, you know, watch uh, watch whatever garbage is on TV. And I feel like a, a, big, a big part of that anxiety is social anxiety. It's a bit of the fear of meeting people, not knowing what to wear, not knowing what to take. Um, and also yeah. there's the hosting thing as well. You know, you want to repay those lovely invitations, but sometimes just don't really know how. So we are bringing you in today to, to hold hold our hand um, through this time. What are some of the common concerns you hear from clients over the holidays about etiquette? Well, thank you so much for having me on. And yes, you're absolutely right. This is the most wonderful time of the year, right? But at the same time, it is can be really awkward. It can be very anxiety written. It can be, yeah, there are all the social expectations and what you do, what you not do. So often the questions I get usually are centering around two different subjects. One is gifting in general. So like, what do you give for a gift? Do you open a gift? Do you, do you bring a gift to someone's house? Do you give a gift back when somebody gives it to you? Is it necessary? Uh, Things like this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, these <laughs> ones. Um, or I get questions about, like, how do you handle those kind of really awkward conversations when you are at these social events that are around the holidays, either with family, which is a whole other level of stress and anxiety sometimes, or in social settings. So it's, it's, those are the kind of the questions that I get from my clients around this time of year. Okay, well, let's see if we can help as many people as possible listening today. And let's start with gifting, because there is, um, there is a very specific cringe around being offered a gift, and you don't have one in return. So let's talk about if you... Yep are invited to somebody's house and it could just be for you know festive drinks or you know a little party a bit of a gathering what is the expectation in terms of bringing something for your host and what are good things to to have in the cupboard just in case yes so i think always bring a gift um i think it, now a gift does not necessarily mean it has to be this extravagant over the top kind of you know huge gesture of like everything your friendship has ever meant ever to this person it doesn't have to be one of those things it can just it's a small thoughtful gift to say thank you for having me over I'm looking forward to celebrating the holidays with you this is a celebratory fun kind of an event and so I'm grateful that's basically what the gift is to say so oftentimes when it comes to all gifting it's our mindset that really limits us because we think okay, we don't know what to give, we don't think it's going to be enough, we don't know what they're going to like, and so that kind of gets in the way, like our mind gets muddled a little bit. So just to make it clear, just some a nice gift that says, you know, thank you for thinking of me, and it can be something as small as, you know, some chocolates or soaps or something, you know, that's festive for the season, so there's lots of cakes and biscuits and things like that of during this time in particular. That's, that's a great gift to give. If you know that your host likes something, particularly if they like books, for example, or if they really like candles, there's a lot of people that really like candles, or they really like you know, handkerchiefs or hand towels or things like this that you know and it's a small gift. It does not have to be of a, a huge financial investment mm-hmm. by any means. If it's a small gift, just have, have that ready. Generally speaking, the kind of gifts to keep on hand for this time of year, again, are those festive related food items, um, if they do drink alcohol and that's something that you know that they like and you're 100% sure of that, especially in the area that region that we live in, we're very, very careful about this. But if you know for sure and you know what type of party also that you're going to, I would you can bring a, a bottle of wine in, in a nice presentation, in a nice bag and, and hand that as well as a gift. 
for for public service announcement, anyone coming to my house, bring biscuits. Um, we had some friends over for dinner earlier in the week, and I was like, they was one brought some gorgeous because they're they're Greek, some gorgeous traditional cookies from from Mythos, and another brought a beautiful tin of shortbread. And I think that's what's so nice actually at the minute. You know, all the presentation that's in in the shops right now is just lovely, and it feels quite special. And I think it's nice to be given something that you wouldn't necessarily treat yourself to if you saw it on the shelves, but to be offered it as someone walks through the door, I think is just lovely. I'll always take a poinsettia as well. Not flowers, love a poinsettia. Yeah. Joining us on the line today to help you navigate those festive faux pas, we're delighted to be joined by Taylor Elizabeth, the Elegance Advisor herself. She is the founder and director of the Elegance Advisor Consultancy. She is an award-winning personal brand expert and certified etiquette and emotional intelligence coach. Um, we've had a number of messages about gifting and re-gifting. And Taylor, I wanted to come to this one. Um, Brian just says, when I was young, my, I gave my parents a bag of batteries I found in the cupboard. Can't get much worse than that. <laughs> but useful. Um, Paul is saying, I think regifting is okay if the person you're planning on giving it to would really like it. And it's better than just sitting there at home if you're not going to use it. Taylor, what are your guidelines on regifting? And, and Paul has got a follow-up question about secret Santas, which we're going to come to. What, once I get your take on sure. digging out something that might not suit your purpose, but it could have a happy home somewhere else. Yes. Okay. So this is an excellent question. Thank you. And I get this one a lot. So Generally speaking, and I'm going to put a caveat with the with this answer is I try to avoid regifting in certain ways. So if you are given something that is from a close friend or somebody that you see quite often, or somebody in your social circle that you will see again, or some or somebody else, it basically that you could run the risk of them seeing their gift regifted to somebody else in the same social circle, or because that happens unfortunately or if it's something very specific so let's Mm -hmm. say we'll talk about a christmas jumper or something that is like very easily identifiable distinctive or personalized yes personalized let's try to avoid those because that will only come back we think oh it will never happen but because of the like laws of karma and everything else (laughs) it absolutely will so i would avoid those at all costs now you have those questions of there's there's also a question of sustainability here which we should always i think try for so that's a, it's a great question, especially all those things. The first question that we answered, which was about, like, what are some good hostess gifts? You may have, like, 15 tins of Christmas cookies by the end of this season or as it goes into the end of the season. And you're like, well, what am I going to do with all these biscuits because it's, it's too many? So things like this, I do think it is appropriate to re-gift things like chocolates or things that you could use as a host, a very generic hostess gift, so soaps or things like this. This, I think, it's okay because it's not personal it was not a. It wasn't something that held a lot of sentimental meaning behind it or anything of this nature. And you probably will receive quite a few, and then therefore they're not just lying around going to waste, and you're being more sustainable. So that I would say that's probably a small caveat with this. I would say when it comes to how you can give something to someone else because you would like it to be used and not just be sitting around your home. What I do is if I have something in my home, I've received something as a gift, and I know I'm not going to use it or it's going to go to waste either besides donating it or giving it to somebody that I know close to me that I know will use it, I will give it to someone else and say, I received this as a gift. I know it's not really to my taste or it's not really, I know I'm not going to use it. It's just not something I'm interested in in using. Would you, I thought you'd be interested in this. Would it be something that you would like? So therefore you're being very transparent about what it is and it's not being wasteful. So that's how you can kind of 
still make sure that things are going to good use, but at the same time you're being elegant about it and honest about it. Because again, you never know when that's going to come back. So I think it, it is, it's a, it's a gray area, but you have to be very careful about it. Generally speaking, I would say try to avoid it, but there are certain things that are okay. I like that distinction with sustainability, but also sensitivity. Um, a, the yeah. follow-up question to Paula was, what about secret Santas at work? Any serious do's and don'ts? Now, sometimes secret Santas are amongst, you know, a group of friends and you can have a bit of fun with it. You know, a bit of wink, wink, yeah. you know, a bit of, bit of humor. In the workplace, especially if it is potentially a boss, um, any guidelines there? Because presumably you want to, you know, you want to put a good, good foot forward and hopefully impress because they probably will find out who it's from. What are some of your guidelines there? So Secret Santa in a work setting. Yes. Okay. So Jen, this is a great question. Thank you so much for asking it. So basically, generally speaking, you want to avoid in gifts that you would not want to receive in public. Um, <laughs> yes. so that's like a general rule. Like, so just think about it. If I were to receive this gift in public and had to open it in front of someone else in mm-hmm. public, how would I feel about this? Or could this be misunderstood or misconstrued or in any way, shape or form, the intention or what is coming behind this gift? Because that's always really important. So if the answer to that is not clear, then don't give that gift. <laughs> that would be my biggest suggestion. So we want to see things like very personalized things. Or things no that underwear. Are like, um, <laughs> no, no, we want to avoid those. That's a good one to avoid. You want to avoid anything that is like self-help related or oh, basically yeah. you're, you're giving, sending a message by whatever you're giving. So it's like, you know, don't give somebody like, you know, better way to organize your life or, you know, like how to have more skills. Yeah. leadership skills, management 101. Like, you know, these ones we don't, we don't want to give, right? So you want to avoid things like that. Books are fine. Books are totally fine, but just not like self-help. Unless there's somebody like me, for example, who I love emotional intelligence and any of these kind of subjects that I, I'm a total geek about and I love them, mm-hmm. like that's fine. But in this case, like it, my team will probably get me something like this for when we have our Christmas party. But that's fine because they know this is exactly. what I Exactly, and they know but that that's normally, something that you would find enriching rather yeah. than take as, as, a, as a exactly. criticism as such. I will not take offense. Um, yeah, exactly. I just want so to squeeze in a quick that. question from Paul. I'm going to keep you a little bit long if you don't mind, Taylor, because we've had, we've had a couple of questions mm-hmm. about conversations over the holidays, so we want to talk about some of, some of that. But a question from Paul saying, ladies, want to get your take. My wife has been dropping hints about a new vacuum cleaner, Dyson. Um, is this a trap? Should I just buy this for her and not put it under the Christmas tree? Oh, Paul, yes. yes Paul. <laughs> don't don't yes. give this to her for Christmas. <laughs> I feel like for me, a rule if the whole family or household is going to benefit from it, maybe like an air fryer, for example, or indeed a vacuum cleaner, that's not a Christmas gift. Absolutely. Am I I being unfair? No, you're not being unfair. Actually, that was one of the things for listing, although you wouldn't be giving it as a secret Santa gift, but appliances or things that can be used by everyone else or something that you actually would like more than the other person is or use more than the other person you're giving it to is not a good gift so yes paul i would say give that just as a gift of i know you were interested in this and you really liked it generally and then go for something else for christmas that would be my suggestion or for the holiday me too and then there won't be you know the marriage counseling voucher for valentine's day We are helping you navigate tricky conversations, those awkward instances and some of the festive faux pas right here with 
the etiquette advisor herself. Taylor Elizabeth is with us. She is founder and director of the Elegance Advisor Consultancy. She is an award-winning personal brand expert and certified in etiquette and emotional intelligence. She's also a UN Women mentor. You can contact us on 4001. Um, Amanda started something, um, Taylor, that I'm keen to get more messages on, the worst gifts. She's saying, Helen, I got a dustbuster one year and I got him a GoPro. Oh. And I think it's that mismatch expectation is just so awful, which is because yeah. you I think, OK, I, especially it, maybe I don't know where you were in this relationship, but sometimes early on in a relationship, one person wants to go big and impress. And the other person goes, I'm not really sure if now's the time I should be spending all that money because we haven't defined the relationship. And it's just that mm-hmm. expectation root of all heartache. My husband and I have decided that we're yeah. going to buy each other a tent because romance is not dead. Um, and then we'll get each other a couple of little surprises. The tent arrived last night. So that's where I'm at. Um, but one thing you mentioned earlier that I want to come back to is that family dynamic. And I think an awful lot of people perhaps seeing family for the first time after a long time this year, since we're mostly through COVID. Um, and there's always some underlying conversations or a threat of conversations be it I mean my goodness I've had it in the past about weight or relationships or when you're going to have a baby um and with certain members of the family I want to have those conversations you know there is a closeness that they're, they're, they are my people but then there's certain family friends or distant relatives where I'm like you don't have the right to ask me for the personal information like that but I never know what to say and I wondered if you could help with that I guess diffusing the question without looking rude help us Yes. Yeah, that's really, you know, it is very hard and you're absolutely right, especially because maybe it's been many years since people have seen their family, so they may be getting kind of an onslaught of it. <laughs> they would have maybe gotten it in trickles. Now it's going to be like a total deluge of these kind of questions. Uh, yes, it is It is hard. What I find for answering difficult questions, like it maybe or borderline inappropriate questions, especially ones about you know weight or ones about a physical appearance either way or about marriage or dating or children or things of this nature where you really don't feel comfortable answering, there's an indirect and a direct way to answer it. So the indirect way is to kind of make a joke of it, um, not a joke at your own expense, never at somebody else's expense mm-hmm. because that we want to try to avoid. That's just going to go downhill very quickly, especially with potentially if anybody's been imbibing in anything as well, it will go downhill mm-hmm. very quickly. So you want to basically just, you know, make a joke of it. So it's like, oh, well, you know, why are you not married? Oh, I guess, you know, I've never met Mr. Mr. Right. Or, you know, I just, you know, I'm, I'm biding my time and taking all, you know, taking all candidates first to make sure I make a good choice. You know, something fun, you know, like a, and then like a move joke. Past it. Laugh it. <laughs> and then you pass it and then you switch the subject. You change the subject. So things like that. Or, or if, you know, people ask you oftentimes if you've, if you're in a relationship for a long time or you've just gotten married, people ask, okay, well, then when are you having children? This is kind of like that dreaded question, that elephant's kind of lingering in the room that everybody always gets, when, especially when you're getting back together with a family. And the answer to that is just, you know, always acknowledge the other person. You know, I, I appreciate your interest and, you know, I know that I know you really want to be an auntie or you really want to be an uncle. And I know you really like, you know, this is something I've always wanted. But right now we're actually focusing on, you know, getting to know each other better or, mm-hmm. you know, building our relationship or, you know, that's we're kind of focused on our careers. But, you know, as soon as we decide, we'll definitely let you know kind of a thing and then just change the <laughs> After subject. After each other and you know, the doctor, you'll be the first to know. And I think I think now exactly. is a good opportunity to remind people that, avoid asking that question because you don't know what's happening yeah. in someone's relationship and their fertility you don't know what you don't you yeah. just don't know and I know a lot of people ask 
um, out of total good intentions. And sometimes it's because you're a bit frozen in terms of what to ask someone at a social set. Just think of anything else because it can be a really, really upsetting question for an awful lot of people, especially at occasion they might have been looking forward to. Um, Taylor, we've run out yeah. of time. I haven't run out of questions though. So we'd love to have a, have another chat with you in the new year. Um, in the meantime though, if anyone does want to avail of your services or of course, check out your Instagram, which is such an amazing resource across all sorts of different topics from table, you know, table etiquette to behavior, dress codes as well. What's the best way of getting in touch with you? Yes, yeah, so thank you so much. My Instagram is The Elegance Advisor. Or my website is www.theelegantsadvisor.com. You can check out both those places and you'll find a plethora of information. And thank you so much for having me. It's always such a pleasure to talk to you, Helen. Absolutely. Same to you. Taylor, it's always a pleasure. And if you do want her details, drop me a little line on 4001. Sorting out that winter break for you and the family now. Kareem joining us from Kids Up. That's Kids Up with a K. Kareem, how are you? Apart from being in the wrong studio, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I'm making a habit of going to the wrong studio, but I have to say it's nice and quiet here. That's <laughs> <laughs> because we're all here having a having a little winter party. <laughs> it's so nice to hear from you. And honestly, your timing couldn't be better because I've had an awful lot of friends and uh, and contacts just saying what a what a what a tough time they're having this week with the kids. Um, we've brought ours to Expo today, which has been a really good move. And I'm trying to plan little things every day. We haven't done any camps, but I'm, I'm thinking about it. So I'm wondering, before we get on to some of the markets and the shows, which we'll do after half past two today, can you do a bit of a roundup for some of the winter cap- camps that are happening and that hopefully have some space? What's on your list? So, I mean, look, there are so many nice winter camps. This year we've decided to focus only on 10 that we really like and we featured them in the app. I'll talk about a few of them here. There's the, the, the famous ones that obviously we always feature, like Bounce, ages 3 to 16, any Bounce venue here and Abu Dhabi. They're running until 30th December from 8 to 5 p.m. There is a half-day option. And, you know, there's a ton of parkour, freestyle activities. They have a variety of games going on, some challenges, trampoline challenges. They provide loads of adventure over there they've got dedicated hosts they you know lunch is included and we have a great 15 percent offer on kids app so you can start by leaving your kids there for for a day for 165 or you can keep them there a week or longer that, so 165 for the day that's um that's actually really good I, th- I think honestly full day option let's get them let's get them absolutely exhausted um what about any soft plays i mean i it's nice to be outside right now but in for a whole day inside is probably a little bit more practical. What um what else have you got for the indoor camps? Okay, so before I get on to, and I always like to leave the creative ones till the end because I like mm. to talk about them a bit more, but obviously there's the Air Maniacs one, which is a massive inflatable park. They have one in Dubai and they have two over in Abu Dhabi in Marina and Yas Mall for you know, all our colleagues in Abu Dhabi. It's on from 8.30 until 2, every day until the 30th of December. Arts and crafts, games, prizes. They've got Santa cookie making, so a bit of baking as well. Santa's going to be visiting the kids, mm-hmm. and they have a magic show. Again, we've got 10% off, and Helen, that starts at 153 dirhams. That's very good. Very good indeed. A um, couple of my kids' favorite places are those that, you know, you can do a bit of running around, but there's also some kind of activities and different spaces, and Woohoo is always on my five-year-old list for the weekend. And she actually mentioned it earlier this week, and I was like, oh, I don't know if they've got a camp, and I, I meant to look, and I didn't. So I guess I'm asking for, for personal reasons. What's happening at Woohoo? So they have a camp, and Woohoo is a bit more focused on ages four to nine. 
I love the workshops they do. They put so much effort and energy in coming up with different thematic workshops every holiday. This time around, they're doing a different workshop each week. So the, they're, they're obviously all winter-themed, and I really like the third one, which we'll get to, but that's because I used to love reading the books when I was young. But the first one is the Polar Express workshop, oh, where they look at ice. Yeah, it's, it's cute. Ice cube reindeer painting. They've got the snowman dress-up challenge. There's the express train. Okay, I don't know what that is. And they even have ice fishing and more. <laughs> so that's at the first week, yeah. Love it. And then second week, which is presumably this next, this coming week. Um, exactly. That's the Christmas carol week. So for this one, you're going to find there's uh, they have something called uh, Blend the Cane. They have ginger man cookies. They have the wooden tree ornamenting. So that's where you populate a wooden tree. And they have balloon snow globe and much more than that so that's all this week and then my personal favorite i don't know if you know uh, narnia helen but when i was young i used to love reading the chronicles of narnia so that's their focus next week they have a scavenger hunt around it snowstorm in a jar they have edible crowns so you're gonna the kids are gonna create these uh, bake these crowns they have a few more activities like the narnia wardrobe i don't know where that takes you <laughs> presumably not to another universe <laughs> hopefully somewhere a little bit cooler but not too cold i love the idea of that I, yeah i i was a massive chronicles of narnia fan i just loved that image of the snow queen in her sleigh and offering the turkish delight it was, was just so rich and gorgeous oh that sounds brilliant so that's woohoo for the next few weeks you've also got mind marvel on the list for anyone that's not familiar with mind marvel what's it all about and what's happening there so i'm actually thinking of putting my daughter in there um, so my daughter is the type of child that actually doesn't like anything planned, doesn't like her time controlled. Doesn't, she's so creative, but she doesn't want anybody to tell her what to do. So if I put her in there, it will just have to be a surprise. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like surprises either, by the way. But How this old is, is she, open Karim? most of the time. How old is she? She's 11. Okay. And what happens at Mind Marvel? I remember when she was... Oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, so Mind Marvel is over in Motor City. Um, it's for ages 4 to 15. It's, it's basically a way to, what, how they see it is a way to encourage a child's curiosity. They focus on arts and crafts, STEM, creativity. Mm-hmm. They've got painting, STEM classes, child meditation and emotional management. I'll tell you what, my daughter definitely needs that one. <laughs> I hope she's not listening. <laughs> drama, and, <laughs> drama and public speaking, challenge your brain games competition. And slime and bath bomb making. That so that's the part she loves the most. That sounds, yeah, I'm, do you know what? Make the slime, just don't do it in my house. That's, that's our motto. Ditto glitter. Keep it away from me, please, I beg you. So let them get messy. But I love the sound of some kind of skill development and hopefully in a way that's stealth enough that they don't actually realize they're learning during the, during the school holidays. So Winter Camp at Mind Marvel, that's available now. Do you have a deal? We have a deal. It's 10% off. It starts at 139 per day, which I think is a great price anyway. And if you take the weekly package, it's only 594 sorting out your winter break and my goodness we are a little bit spoilt for choice joining us live on the line to help us sort through some options and bring you some brilliant bargains as well is kareem from kids app that's kids app with a k i've already talked camps kareem but my goodness there are some brilliant shows for kids happening over the next few weeks um can we go through them one by one starting with one that we're hoping to squeeze in over the weekend the snow queen where is it and what do we need to know Sure. So before I jump into that, I'm not allowed to guess your competition. No, you're not. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Sorry. All right. (laughs) Because you said the name in Arabic. Anyway. Oh, interesting. 
I said Hindi yeah. on my on my fact sheet, but apologies if I've got that wrong. It's been a week. Okay, so no, you can't win, but you can give me some good information. Is that a compromise? Deal. Deal. Go. Okay. Snow Queen. So the Snow Queen, it's over, and you know, at the QE two, and what better place to you know spend the the winter season than watching the classic show? Um, as you know, Disney also made the same show. It's what we all know as Frozen, and mm-hmm. uh, with the beloved Elsa, it's going on from 16th to 26th December uh, over at the QE2. Kids, especially girls, and again, it used to be my daughter's favorite show, uh, will love the show. It starts at 110 dirhams, goes all the way up to 150, and we have a discount on Kids App, that's KIDs at APP, 20% off, if you book for the first two days of the show, so go check it out now. I think this is one of the must-see shows of the winter season. Do you know what? I, I think there's something really special about the going to the QE2. They've done some great shows throughout the year, but I think Christmas in particular. They've got, you know, the decorations are fab. There's this real sense of occasion of parking and seeing this enormous piece of history there at Port Rashid. It's just absolutely impressive and a bit just a bit different as well. And you get there, and I just love the nostalgia of that theatre and, you know, just everything around it. So Snow Queen starts on the 16th, so that's starting tomorrow. Fantastic. Okay. Um, also competing for our, uh, for our affections is Rapunzel. Where's, where's she going to be? So Rapunzel is, uh, so this is for three and up. Under three can attend and it's free. It's going to be on Fairmont de Palm and it's actually started today and running till the 26th. And do you remember what Rapunzel is about, uh, Helen? Of course, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. Or Tangled <laughs> as my kids know it now. You got it. It took me a while to remember it, but this is a nice uh, comedy pantomime take. So they've injected a lot of humor into it and it's about Finn basically re- rescuing Rapunzel and reuniting them with the king. Now, so again, it's a 20% off on KidsUp. Yes, that's, that's 110 to 135. Fantastic. Okay. Now, funnily enough, someone I follow on Instagram shared a flyer for Fontana Circus last night. I haven't been at all, but the circus um, theme with the Christmas aspect looked amazing from the photo I saw. So where is Fontana and what are they doing over the festive season, Kareem? So it's over in Festival City. It looks like a really special show. And actually, the location itself is really special. You know where there's that uh, musical uh, light and, light and yeah. sound show at the so Festival impressive. City Fountain? Yeah, so they've combined the actual circus with that itself. And there's a lot of acrobatic stunts, musical acts, uh, lots, lots of like daredevil, uh, you know, gymnastics in the air. And what I really like about this, first of all, it's the first in the region. And it's actually a Middle Eastern grown show. Okay. It's from Cirque de Liban. So this is, yeah, this is one of the nice things about it. I think it's going to be really exciting to see. And the price is great, starting from 88 dirham. That's very good price. Okay. Now, on your list is one of my favorite places in Dubai. It is the Garden Glow. I just love it there. I really, really do. So while the weather is so gorgeous, um, let's talk about some outdoor options. And let's start with Garden Glow. Have you got a deal? And are they doing anything particularly festive? Because it already, to me, feels like a, like a light show all year round. Well, honestly, it's magical. Huh? And, and for us, it's a tradition every year to go. And I, I always somehow remember, I wouldn't say cold nights, but I would say coolish nights mm-hmm. over there. They have millions of light bulbs. I think they have more light bulbs than anywhere else in the world. They have a magic park with illusions and they have the dino parts, 120 animatronic dinosaurs. Uh, you know, they, they look so realistic. I, know, and, I love seeing them and... from the road. It really, it makes me smile every single time just seeing the little heads <laughs> kind of poking through the trees. I love it there. I really do. I think it's fab. Um, any deals to be had though at Garden Glow? 
Sure. So 15% off when you book in Kids App, and actually you also get cash back. So cash back goes into your Kids App wallet, and then you can use it the next time you buy something as well. Fantastic. So not only is it cheaper, yeah, we have more incentives to buy again. Great. <laughs> Staying with gardens, the Miracle Garden, um, always a, always an absolute favorite with when we have, we've got guests in town, because I just feel like we can just release the children and let them run somewhat wild um, through those uh, through those beautiful fields. Um, tell us a little bit about Miracle Garden at this time of year, and if there's a if there's a bargain to be had, Kareem. There's a bargain. There's always a bargain to be had on Kids App. It's 10% off starting from 50 dirhams, plus you get cash back. One of the things about Miracle Gardens is it is, I think, our best seller in December. Every, you know, it's really a popular place to go. The weather is beautiful. It's a unique place. They have, for example, they have so many floral displays. They have a famous Airbus 380 that's made the Guinness Book of World Record as the largest floral display in the world. There's also the Butterfly Dome there, which which you can also buy tickets separately, also discounted on Kids App. And I recommend if you're going to go there, you visit both Miracle Garden and the Butterfly Garden where you can see 6,000. It used to be 6,000 species of butterfly. I think now it's 15,000 butterflies. What? And they have 100 million flowers. I can't even imagine that. Wow. Great one, as I said, when you've got guests in town in particular. Now, we are here at Expo City today, and I have to say, it was so smooth. Arriving, parking... It's obviously free at the minute and things start happening around two o'clock. So the activity is starting. Um, this is happening all the way through um, through December. Have you had the chance to come down yet, Kareem? Actually, no. I was hoping to learn more from you. I mean, mm. what I do know about it from, from our research and the team is that they've really transformed the whole mobility district. Mm. It's some kind of surreal water feature and a winter Wassel plaza. I can just imagine how beautiful that looks. It is. It's gorgeous. It really is. The carousel's going. They've got lovely little stalls, um, food and you know, things like, you know, tie-dye your own t-shirts and crafting things as well. And then I, th- I think later on it's going to get a bit more active. There's a zip line, there's ice skating. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really interested after the show to head down to the, the actual dome itself, the Alwassel Plaza, because apparently when, you, when there's not a FIFA World Cup game on, it turns into a snow globe come 5.30. <laughs> so Poonam doesn't know it yet, but I'm going to... Well, there's only one more left. Right? Yeah, well, exactly. We're going to go and uh, have a little look in that snow dome after the show. Um, speaking of winter wonderlands, though, we've got time for just one more. And your shout is the right market at Al Barari. What's happening there, Kareem? So Barari is a place that I really like myself because it, it reminds me of a forest. You can mm. actually go there and, and you're really transported. Uh, to a green forest, there's water features and everything. Weather is perfect for it. They have every uh, weekday from four to nine, and on weekends it starts on one p.m. until twenty-fifth of December. They have the right market there, so they've got a lot of activities for kids. Obviously, Santa. I mean, the guy's really getting around this uh, yeah, winter. Pony ride, man. arts and crafts, petting zoo, bouncy castle, and then and then of course there's always the the homegrown kind of vendors, which is one of the nice things about right market. So Absolutely. they do fashion, art, jewelry. Just get some unique gifts. To be honest, I always go there. Yeah, I always go there for the treats. I have to be honest. (laughs) And um, we have twenty percent off, so you just go. You pay sixteen dirhams. You can enjoy all the stalls, and then just pay a little bit extra for your kids to enjoy the activities. Kareem, thank you so so much. And we've had a couple of messages going. Is this all on the app? Yes, in its kids app, K I D Z A P P. Earlier we were talking camps, but also shows winter wonderlands and more happy holidays to you sir we'll no doubt catch up in the new year when we're all on a bit of a money saving mission and uh, hopefully you'll be on hand to give us some more excellent advice cream really appreciate your time you have sure. a good one sir thank you so so much
end in a decision that I might live to regret. My daughters are in the studio. I have got with me, how, what's your name and how old are you? I'm five years old and my name is Tabitha. Okay, and your big sister's here as well. Hello, my name is Phoebe and I am seven years old. So I've brought the girls here today because we are broadcasting live from Expo City and they have got Winter City on right now all the way through December. So we parked up really, really easily, hopped in a buggy. And how else are you getting around, Phoebs? Um, on our scooters and uh, on a train. <laughs> yeah, there's loads. So there's buggies everywhere. The trains are free. And I would say bring the scooters because it's a big old space. So Tabby, tell me, what have you seen that's really Christmassy so far? We saw presents and we saw fake presents and we saw a fake polar bear and an igloo. And... Was there somebody you went and sat next to and spoke to about Christmas? Mrs. Claus. <gasps> so what did, what have you asked for? What did you ask Mrs. Claus for? A remote control. A remote control spider to scare my family. <laughs> oh, great. A remote control spider. And Phoebe, what did you ask Mrs. Claus for? Air dry clay or the colours of the rainbow. Air dry clay. Okay. Good choices. Hopefully that is doable if there is good behaviour between now and the 25th. Um, but there's absolutely lots happening here. We saw an ice rink that's going to be open soon. There is a big play park. And Tubby, did you write a letter? Yes. Where did that letter go? In the post box wasn't to Santa. It wasn't just a normal post box, though, was it? It was humongous. It was humongous. It was about the size of a house, wasn't it? Yeah, like nearly um, about... How many, how many daddies? I think four. Two. I think four. I think four daddies. Really, really tall. So there's loads happening. Also, we saw a dog. You can bring dogs to Expo City now. Yeah. So we, we might bring our doggies next time. Do you think they'd like it? Yeah. No, because it's a bit hectic. I don't think it's that hectic. I think it feels really calm here. It's, it's very re- Do you think? I think it feels really, really, uh, really, really lovely as we walked around. Where are you going to go after this, girls? I don't know. You don't know? You're going to get on your scooter? Oh, we forgot one thing. You also played some games, didn't you? What did you play? Um, we, we played Hook the Duck. Hook and the d- uh, I won a sloth with a um, Santa hat on. And my sister won a pink penguin. What have you called the pink penguin, Tubby? Frosty. Good name. Guys, thank you so much for coming in and giving me your review of Winter City. We want to stay. Oh, sweetheart, there are other people to talk to. You can say goodbye to Evan and Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas. And by the way, if your kids want to be on the show tomorrow, we would love to hear from them because we have got the big man in red live on Dubai Eye and he wants questions from your children. We've already had questions about the logistics of Christmas Eve. We've had questions about snacks. What are some of the questions that your kids want to know from Santa himself If you want, you can just message me now saying, Hi, Santa, we will call you back and we will get your questions from your children. And that question could win and you and your whole family 500 dirhams to spend in spinnies. That's what's up for grabs tomorrow on a very special Christmas show. It is a spinnies Christmas party here on Dubai I-103.8. If your child has a question for Santa, send me a message saying, Hi, Santa, we will call you back. We will get that question and you could be winning 500 dirhams. That's your Christmas dinner sorted. And thank you for downloading this episode of the Afternoons with Helen Farmer podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe. You'll get it direct to your phone as soon as it's out. And you can listen to me live on Dubai I 103.8, Monday to Friday between 2 and 5 p.m. 
You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.